struggling scratch practices in the first year, we're gonna have some takeaways on how they can supercharge production. The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. I'm excited for today's guest. We have a fellow marketer on the program coming from the Pacific uh, Northwest, a beautiful part of the country. Dan Delmean, say hello. Hello. Thanks so much for having me on, Patrick. Yeah, glad to, glad to have you on here. I think it's going to be a great show. We're going to talk about startups. Uh, I think that's awesome. It's a, it's a great subject. Um, so much going on in that area right now. Dan, first tell me, how did you start working with Dennis? I know you're a marketer, but how did you get going with the, in the dental side of things? Yeah, so 12 years ago when I started Delmain, we worked with a variety of small businesses and we quickly learned that we're most aligned with dentists. And the reason being, it's, you know, they're ambitious. They have their one, three, five-year goals. They believe in the power of marketing and they're willing to invest into it. And as such, we pivoted to being dental exclusively because. Yeah, so how long have you been dental specific? How long have you been focused in on that area? About five to seven years. Awesome. So call that you're getting, I know that I'm getting a call that you're getting often. So challenge that you're hearing right now, I know I'm hearing it a little bit is from startups. What's a, what's a very particular uh, challenge that dentists who did startups are calling you and asking you about? Yeah, we're finding, yeah, we're talking to a lot of scratch practices that are struggling to heat, hit their goals and it's usually related to production. And I feel like the kind of this falls into two buckets. So like bucket number one, the first timers, likely an associate opening up their practice for the first time. Bucket number two, you know, this isn't their first rodeo. They've done this before. So sure. I, I kind of want to focus on bucket number one, right? Like those associates that are opening up their first practice and it's just, okay, six months in, like they're struggling that, you know, they're not hitting their growth goals. Like, you know, what kind of things can they might think about? Um, so, so big area in that, what do you think is leading up to these production struggles? I mean, obviously it has to do with patient growth, right? Yeah, exactly. Because I think, you know, in, in a lot of situations, especially GPs, right? It's like they open up their doors. It's, it's not like they're, they're getting a flood of new patients from the referring docs or word of mouth. So it's like, what ways can they look into just like really growing their new patient base as quickly as possible? So, so tell me what's, what, what's the secret? What are some ways to grow that, that patient base as, as quickly as possible? Well, I mean, I, I think kind of three potentially obvious ones come to mind that, that maybe dentists have thought about that are kind of him and hawing about. But I would say that, you know, and here's, I think, three easy ones to potentially consider. And I know it's not a good fit for everybody. But sure. number one, like flexible hours and days, right? Maybe mm -hmm. you're open on a Saturday. You do a couple early mornings, late evenings. Um, especially in your more like urban environments and you're catering to that work crowd that's hard to get in during the days. I would say that's number one. Uh, number two, accepting insurances. And we talked to a lot of scratch practices where it's like their goal is to get to out of network fee for service as quickly as possible. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, just like in the interim, maybe that first year or two, you are in network with insurances. Sure. Um, and then feel free to jump in here, Patrick, as I, as I move along, because I, I know, know you have a lot of feedback on this front. It's interesting that you, you say that, because it seems like in the, the marketing realm of things that um, fee-for-service is, is, you know, the golden goose, right? That's where everybody wants to get to. That's the, 
you know, that's where the rock and roll, we've had people on our show recently that are like, hey, you can kill it with insurance. You can do it incredibly well with insurance. And I'll tell you, as much as insurance has its problems, as you know, um, that dentists struggle with, it is people coming in with partial payment or sometimes even full payment for your services at a discount. And I think for most businesses, most businesses in this country are sales organizations, dental practices, I think are sales organizations, right? If you need money to survive, which is literally every organization on the planet, you need sales. And a lot of companies have to pay sales people to go out and get those sales for them. But in this case, you, the, the insurance company is kind of acting as a sales agent. They're just taking a commission for doing it. Do you think that's true? Yeah, absolutely. Because you yeah. talk to a lot of practices that are just, you know, 100% PPO. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you get your patients? They're like, oh, we got this massive pipeline coming through all of our insurances. Okay, you know, great. Like that is one dental business model that works as yeah. well. I um, love to help practices, by the way, go from, and I'm sure you do too, to go from insurance to fee for service. It's always fun to help someone get from point A to point B. I'm sure you love that. In the beginning, I always recommend take every insurance you can. It's easy to say no to those patients later on. And you want to get busy and get energy moving in your practice as quickly as you can. And a lot of those insurance patients are going to provide you referrals if you do a great job that are going to not be insurance patients. And someday you can get off of that if you want. Do you, do you like that process? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I completely concur. Um, yeah, just everything that you said there. Um, and I would say just a third thing, and this is a little bit more controversial. I don't know if you have this uh, conversations have with your partners, but you know, offering a new patient special, right? And I yeah. know that sometimes this will rub dentists the wrong way, and we don't always recommend it. Like you know, you have your fee for service dentist, you know, advanced treatments like that kind of thing. They're not really focused on like hygiene and bread and butter. Right. That totally makes sense. But like the $99, you know, exam, x-ray, you know, teeth whitening, whatever it might be, like that's a great way to get uh, uh, patients in the door. And if your retention is really high and, and you're focused on that lifetime value and, and building those relationships, like chances are that person is going to stay with your practice for life, especially provide an awesome service. Yep. So I, I like that. Um, and I agree with you that you do need an offer. You have to have some compelling reason to get people to contact you. And it is true that you will get some patients that you will, that will come in off of a, a cheap ad, right? Or a cheap new patient, patient special because they want a cheap cleaning and exam. That's going to happen. You can't, you can't stop that from happening. <clears throat> However, every one of those patients that does come in, that isn't just looking for the cheap deal, you have a chance to provide and prove an incredible amount of value to them that they'll, they'll spend money on, right? So it's just an opportunity to show your value to people. That's how I look at it. What do you think? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I completely agree. Because I mean, it's, it's essentially yours to lose, right? Like they come in because they're, they're looking to likely establish care. And it's, yeah. so your job is to make sure that you don't give them any reason to go anywhere else. Yeah. Right? It, um, if I, if I was a dentist, and I, I called your agency, and, and said, Hey, Dan, listen, I only want really, I only want people that want to spend a ton of money on dentistry to come into my practice. So can we run an ad that is a new patient special for $999 cleaning x-ray and exam for a thousand dollars, or even, you know, what? I want even wealthier people. Let's do it for $5,000. How many people are, how many wealthy people are responding to that ad? <laughs> I'm going to give you a goose egg there. Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Right. No one's going to look at that and go, wow, that's a, that's a great value. That's a great deal. Right. So you can kind of see the, 
how ironic it is to think that, hey, only people without money are going to respond. Yeah. 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 Give me another one, Dan. And I, the, the, we'll kind of go, go bonus round here a little bit because yeah. I think those first three are just like every day. You know, it's like, yeah, I've thought about these. But, you know, both in, in, in our worlds, as we think about online marketing um, and, and what we often recommend is, is typically with scratch practices, ambitious new patient growth goals, like let's hit paid ads pretty hard, like Google, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might be. And one of the things that we found kind of a, a potential low hanging fruit opportunity is really marketing to emergency patients. Uh, we've had a lot of success with this for scratch practices looking to grow their new patient base. And I think that sometimes uh, emergency patient searches potentially get flack for being kind of like, oh, they're going to be in and out with this one treatment and on their way. But we found the opposite, like emergency dental searches that, that you know, click on ads that come into the website that book that consult, like they're awesome long-term fit patients. Yep. I don't know. What, what's been your experience on that front? Um, it, it's all, it's going to depend on the dentist, right? Um, it's, it's going to, right? Some dentists um, are going to take that emergency case and turn it into a great opportunity and some are not, right? So it's, it's, it's literally a case-by-case -case basis. I see it. I think there is a great opportunity um, in that. We know that 35% <clears throat> of people um, right now have some type of treatment that they need going on inside their mouth. And I think there's some people that aren't thinking about the treatment that they need. They don't have anything visible. They crack a tooth, they call a dentist. And all of a sudden the dentist is like, hey, yep, we got you fixed. You're out of pain, you're good to go. And by the way, you need this, this, and this. And they drop another 12,000 bucks, right? They just never knew that they needed it until they had this emergency. Oh, yeah, I'm with you 100% on that, Dan. Yeah, I would say just the, the last one that comes to mind is um, is, is serving the, 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 the non-English speaking population, whether it's mm -hmm. Spanish, Russian, et cetera. We often find like these are underserved communities um, from uh, a dental standpoint and, sure. and kind of building marketing and messaging and, and targeting those type patients are great. And also like just kind of going back to maybe this reoccurring theme, it's like like avoiding kind of those um, kind of transactional patients and focusing more on like really strong lifetime value that are going to be frequent in your practice indefinitely. I, we find that those the non-English speaking patients are just great just in terms of LTV as well as treatment acceptance. So that that's another often kind of neglected opportunity that we see. What, what are your thoughts on that front? Um, you know, I, I think it just depends on um, cities, right? It just depends on geography. I think the one thing about a lot of different groups like that is they have tight communities. And if you can get into that community, you can become a hero and you can certainly uh, see a ton of referrals um, because like you said, they're not, they're not being served. They're not oftentimes being um, catered to as much. I will tell you, I, I tell people this all the time that radio and dentistry doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. <laughs> However, it, it doesn't in most cases, except for one area. And again, this depends on demographics. We're here in Colorado and, Every state is different, but if you go by any job site here, if you go by any housing development all summer long, you're gonna hear Spanish radio playing, right? And this is a community that pays in cash, that, that has children, that takes care of their children, that takes care of their health needs. And, and frankly, right now, you're making a really good career if you're uh, building houses, right? If you're swinging a hammer on a job site. So great opportunity there. I've seen people do incredibly well with it. And also some of those types of radio stations like Spanish radio, really inexpensive to advertise on. 
and you'll be the only one there. So you'll be the only dentist there. So in pediatric dentist, same thing. Great place to, to advertise. So uh, yeah, 100%. Give me another one, Dan. Uh, I've, I've kind of exhausted my list, but I'll, I'll think of another one on the fly. But I want to turn things over to you, Patrick. What, what ideas do you have on this front? I mean, I, I can't give you all my secrets, Dan. Um, right. And I'm kidding. I'll tell you anything. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, the biggest challenge that I, I see with startups is um, the process up until the startup is too easy. And so it, it gives people the thought process that, hey, this is going to be easy the, all the way through. The bank loan was relatively easy. Finding the real estate was easy. Getting the build out, depending on where you're at, was kind of easy. And it just feels like it's going to be easy. And some of the people not all the people, of course, but some of the people are like, yeah, this is going to be great. You're going to open up this practice and you're going to have all these patients and, you know, they're rah, rah, rah. Then the practice opens and then they don't know what to do. Right. So and then the patients aren't aren't quite there. So the, the one thing that I tell when we when we talk to startups or potential startups, so one thing I tell them is from day one, gather the contact information of everybody that you come across. If you go to a um Farmer's market, which are awesome places to find patients. If you're not aware of this, Dan, it's amazing. I've seen Dennis pull 30 patients out of a farmer's market. <laughs> That's a first. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah, do a spin to win. Set up a booth there. It costs you 100 bucks, right? Put your banner up. Put the spin to win and, and give something away, right? Something of value away. Get a raffle for something kind of of value, and then collect those names, right? And I've actually had Dennis one of one of my favorite practices that I work with. She actually was booking appointments at the event. She brought her laptop. People would come up, do the spin to win. And then she'd say, when was the last time we went to the dentist? When can we get you booked? Right? So you think about it. If you do eight farmer's markets and you pull 20 to 30 patients out in a summer, that's a good amount of patients, right? And community-based, right? You're out in the community. Even if people don't come up and book that day, they're seeing your branding. They're seeing your imaging. And typically, those types of people are loyal people. People that shop at farmers markets are loyal and are going to send you referrals. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, that's I. And I just I think that's just kind of near and dear to my heart. Like someone who's just really hustling, boots on the ground to to, yeah. to make their business work. And I side stories, and I, I don't definitely uh, empathize with that. But I'm not going to tell about my upbringing. But Absolutely. I mean, everything yeah. you just said, but actually I want to pivot here because, because give, give, given your line of expertise, I want to see if this is something that you have seen as well. And because we yeah. often see it at domain. So like, okay, here's the scenario. It's a scratch practice. They've been, they've been open for six months um, in terms of like their, their website and their digital marketing. Like they went with um, either they did it DIY or they went with kind of maybe like a more of a fly by night um agency or, and then six months later added. they're they're like uh why isn't any of this working like what mistake did i make right yeah so that's a that's a a great scenario and there's also a lot of companies out there that are like you said do it yourself we got wix or squarespace right these types of platforms or they use the company that has a heavy template like here's your website and it's 299 dollars, and you're good to go right and it, and it doesn't work i i think the toughest part is is getting your mindset and, I, and I'm glad you asked this, that you brought this up, is getting your mindset to understand just because you're spending $300 a month and it doesn't work, doesn't mean that spending a lot more than that won't work. And that's kind of the mentality. Hey, I already tried spending 300, didn't work. Why would I spend a thousand or 2000, right? And if you think about that, if I went into a dental practice and said, hey, 
my mouth hurts. And you looked at it and said, oh, yeah, you have a cracked tooth. And I said, well, 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 the last time I had a cracked tooth, I found someone to fix it for 100 bucks and it still hurts. I'm not spending $2,000 for you to fix my cracked tooth. They'd be like, you're crazy, right? Wouldn't make any sense to them. So I think that you look at the track record of who you're talking to, talk to some of the customers, make sure that there's a strategy-based plan. Um, you know, I use this all the time. I'm in and out of the gym. My weight's always up and down, Dan. So I like to say this, you know, if, if I told you, Hey, I want to, I want to get back into high school shape and I ate a salad today for lunch. And then I went to the gym on Saturday, three months from now, I'm not going to be in high school type condition. Right? So you got to have a plan and it has to be consistent in something that you work every day. So that's what we tell, we tell all practices. I mean, it's just something you have to do and everything you have to do it over and over and over again to have success on it. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I feel, yeah, I, I really sympathize with those situations where it's like, you know, six months in they're <laughs> they're answering phone calls. They are the hygiene department. Yeah. You know, they're, they're doing everything, you know, and it's like, how do we help them get out of that hamster wheel yep. and, and kind of in, in moving forward? And, yeah. And I think a lot of times it's like we examine some of the foundational elements, like the branding, potentially the website, like are you using stock photography, original photography, like uh, have you thought about videography? Just some of those, some of what I would describe as like the core marketing foundational pieces. And if those aren't working, you know, it's almost like you have to rip off the bandaid as, as much right. as it hurts because you might have invested in six months ago. But it's, you know, it's like building a house, like you're only going to be as strong as your foundation. Right. And so that's right. Yep. 100%. Dan, let me ask you this question. This is a biased question for, I, I think this could easily be biased for both of us. Um, but I'll, I'll ask you this question anyways. If you're looking for a marketing agency to work with, right, if you're looking for a company to help you bring in more patients and guide you and tell you the truth, tell you what's right and what's wrong and what'll work and what won't work, um, how do you go about vetting them? How would you recommend someone find the right company for themselves? Yeah, I, I think kind of the, 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 the obvious but oldie but goodies are, you know, you read online reviews, you seek out some case studies. Um, but I think more so than that, also you want to look at as many examples of their work because I feel like with digital marketing, it's kind of like nebulous and, you know, you can show all these things. But when it comes to like branding and web design, like it feels a little bit more tangible because you can see what what, what they've done. Right. And I think the, the last one, and it's a biggie for me, and I'm sure it's a biggie for, 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 for your team as well. It's like making sure that personalities are in alignment, right? Like not only is the trust there, but is this like someone that you could hang out with, you know, grab a beer with or a coffee or whatnot? Because I think that is so important, just the relationships in this day and age. And then, of course, like to your credit, like having a very detailed strategy and roadmap. You know, like what, what is the next three to six months look like and what kind of milestones are we going to meet and, and yeah. just game plan accordingly? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good advice. Dan, I want to thank you for coming on today. I want to tell the audience about your website. It's delmain.co. We'll make sure that we put um, links on the blog, uh, dental brief site on our Facebook page. Um, we'll have it there. Dan, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much, Patrick.